Hey, I'm Amanda from Trifecta Fitness. We're proud to be Clarksville's new Get Fit headquarters. Trifecta Fitness is a state-of-the-art spin and strength training studio. Our spin studio is truly one of a kind in this area, complete with 20 state-of-the-art live fitness bikes and an incredible sound system. Our strength training is done in small groups of six or fewer, and all of our strength and spin classes are scalable for every level of experience. Come see us in the heart of Clarksville, just behind Mapco at the corner of Old Trenton Road and Wilma Rudolph Boulevard. Call us for more info at 931-542-6265 or download our Trifecta Fitness app for a full list of upcoming classes. You're a show founded by veterans and hosted by two veterans and a military spouse. Our mission is to get people to tell their stories to If you're an author, share your tips with the Misfit Nation. If you're a musician or actor, our audience needs to know how they too can get into the business. Coaches, we love our coaches. Come on and share some of your tips with the Misfit Nation to help them become better versions of themselves. If you are a corporate leader or entrepreneur, come on and share how you did it and how hard you have fought for success. If you are a veteran, first responder, first our family, we'd love to have you come on and just share your story with the misformation. We always have time for you. If you're feeling down, alone, or starting to see the darkness, stop. Think about those who are around you. You are not alone. You will be missed. If you feel like your problems will be a burden to those in your inner circle or are embarrassed, dial 988. If you are a veteran, take option one. We need you to keep pushing forward. Don't make a permanent solution to a temporary problem. If you're a new listener, welcome to the Misfit Nation. Be sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast apps and also on our YouTube channel at the underscore Misfit Nation. Subscribe, click the bell to keep you up to date with our latest episodes and all of our news. You can also find us on Electrocast Media and About Face Radio. So keep you tuned in to us and learn about our great guests. All right, welcome to our live show tonight. Come a little heavy hard after uh, events uh, just south of here yesterday uh, outside of Nashville where we lost. Uh, three little angels, nine years old, to violence, and uh, three to adults, 60 and 61 years old. Uh, just pause uh, during your day and think about that, and make sure you hug hug your kids every day, and make sure you tell them you love them just in case something horrible happens, and always let them know that you're there for them when they can tell you anything that they think might be happening. With that, our next guest is a military spouse of 24 years and a mom. She's a retired combat veteran who served in the Army for 17 years and four months, as one of my favorite MOS's chemical officer, including a deployment to Iraq and Afghanistan. She retired in November 2016 and fell into being an accidental entrepreneur and uses her voice to share her story about real life after the Army and living with mental illness. Since her retirement, she has focused on her business, podcast, speaking, mentoring, volunteering, and her first book, The Wall Between Two Lives. Her blog, A Wild Thing, A Wild Ride Called Life, LLC, incorporates stories from her post-military life in which she shares how she lives life as being a mom and a military spouse living with PTSD, anxiety, and depression. Along with writing, she has created a safe space in which she hosts a podcast titled The Truths We Hide. So without further ado, let's welcome U.S. Army veteran, author, 
and etc. Everything in the world going on, Annette Wittenberger. How are you, Annette? Hi. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me here. I was getting tired reading all the things that you're doing. How do you have time during the day? That well, you know, you just I just I take breaks. <laughs> Lots, lots of coffee, of lots of breaks. Yes. <laughs> Outstanding. I, I just gave a quick blurb about you there. Uh, if you want to go a little further back and how you decided to join the military and how we got to where we are now, that'd be great. Yeah. Uh, so I went to an I attended an all-girl Catholic high school in, in Thousand Oaks, California. And at that school, it was just not the norm to join the military. I had a friend who enlisted and I was like, that is so badass. And I thought I was going to do it. I had the recruiter at the house. My boyfriend was with me. And I was like, I can't do it. So I chickened out. I did community college for a year and a half. But the university that I chose afterwards had an ROTC program. So that's how I fell into that. My goal was to just try it out. I'm like, three years and I'm done. Then I met my husband. And then they're like, look, you got to make a decision. I was like, okay. So I tried it out. And then 17 years later, I, I retired. That's a that's a quick tryout there. Seventeen years. Yeah, just a quick one. <laughs> just quick. Uh, I'll just get my foot in this water a little while, and then I'll I leave, and you won't even notice I'm gone. Thank you. Right. <laughs> so, what was uh, some of the best things that you've seen while in the military? I know being a chemical officer is a lot of heartache and pain because you're the basically the Swiss Army knife of any staff section you go into, and then sometimes you get lucky enough to hang out with other chemical people. So that is true. So, what would you say was your best parts of that part of your your journey. Although being a chemo was, um, we were made fun of a lot and given the crappy jobs, there were times where I was able to fulfill a slot like company commander, uh, battalion XO. Um, I got to deploy with my soldiers. I got to work with um, light infantry, heavy infantry, and field artillery. So I was able to learn from all of them, even though it was difficult at times. And I just, I feel like I was really lucky to be able to do that, even though sometimes I was like, this sucks. I want to get out. Um, at the end of the day, I am so fortunate enough to have been able to lead. And I will always take that with me. I will always love my soldiers and I still communicate with them to this day. So I think that's one of the best things I, I've ever had. I think that's one thing a lot of people who never serve don't understand is how we become a family in the military and become so tight even from coming from multiple different backgrounds diverse backgrounds cultures once you wear the uniform together you chew the same dirt together you wind up thick as thieves basically and even if me and you never served together and we wound up just hanging together oh we're both chemical oh my god we're friends for life right now exactly that's and that's it it's like we're immediate family and i love the the lasting friendships that come with that it's amazing. I didn't. That's something I didn't expect when I came in. I thought it was just you go in and maybe you drink with a few buddies, and those are the ones you know for the rest of your life. But your circle winds up being a, basically a spinning wheel. There's yeah. so many different people you meet, especially 17 years. I did 22. You meet hundreds and hundreds of people, yeah. and you may not know them all by their name, but when you, if you're walking into Walmart and you see them, I know you. We <laughs> did something stupid together, didn't we? <laughs> I know, and I'm that person that'll stare and be like, Excuse me. I know I don't know you, but yeah, it's <laughs> I'm not I'm not a creep. <laughs> I know I'm not. I'm not. I swear. I swear I'm not gonna hurt you. Please, please put your gun down. <laughs> don't spray me with mace right now. 
So in your in your bio, it says you accidentally fell into entrepreneurship. Did you always want to be a business person, or is it like just like you said, accidental? No, it was completely by accident. I so I retired at seventeen years four months uh, because I didn't. I got passed over. I, I didn't get selected for um, promotion to lieutenant colonel. And so my idea of what I thought I was going to do, which was to be a GS civilian or a contractor, stay within the G three and and work, you know, train soldiers for deployment. That was what I thought I was going to do, but because I, you know, I had six months to hurry up and get out. All there were so many mixed emotions, so many things that just like piled on me that I realized, holy crap, I'm dealing with a lot of shit that I never thought I was dealing with before. So that's when I went into this deep, deep, dark depression, um, suicide attempt, all this, all this stuff that just overcame me. And until I realized that if I don't do something, if I don't say something, I'm not going to make it. So that's where I created the blog and the website. And then eventually it turned into all those other things. So it was not my plan to share my struggles with the world. But after, you know, lots of conversations with other soldiers, with friends, I decided that I, I just, I needed to do this. And I just, I went big and I just <laughs> shared it on a website. There we go. Bigger and bigger since then too. So (laughs) things going like this way right now. Yes. (laughs) I think that comes from uh, the Swiss Army knife I talked about earlier. This, even though, all right, here's your Durs A report you have to do, but you're also probably doing ammo. You're probably doing training. You're probably doing schools. (laughs) Everything that they, the other officers didn't want to do, or because they were the actual. The, the, you were the shortage MOS, so you were the one that could do everything since they were the, the priority. So this is probably why you are the way you are now, I'm thinking. I think so too. And you're right. We we were taught to have to multitask. You couldn't you had to do many different things. And I think that's yeah, I and I also think I have a little bit of ADHD now too. So <laughs> I'm I'm a I'm a hot mess, but um I'm okay with that. All right. Do you still use PowerPoint or is that something that's taboo now i use canva that's the yes, new thing yes. <laughs> so much better canva, and I, but i what i did use powerpoint until i started having to uh give presentations and people would ask me do you use google slides I'm like is that like powerpoint and i'm like well you can convert it to google slides i'm like just so then i i had to learn canva and, and all those other things but yes i that was my Go to is this is how I'm going to build my slide deck, but <laughs> they don't use that anymore. <laughs> I know that was part of your your daily life for 17 years. So, Good God, it was. <laughs> you probably have your badge right here on your shoulder. Powerful I do. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, uh, I mean, you have your business podcast, speaking, mentoring, volunteering. How do you break it down? Uh, do you break it down by hours a day or say someone just reaches out to you, okay, speaking engagement, I'm going to do that. That's what I'm, my focus today and that's what I'm going to do. That's, that's really how I do it. <laughs> because, because I'm so passionate about helping others, I do all the things whenever it's needed. The podcast, I had to tailor it down. I even took a break. I took a hiatus because I had some mental, um, I had some health issues I had to control. And so, but if somebody reaches out to me, says, Hey, are you available next week? I mean, it does, depending on what I have, I'll be like, yes, I'll I'll do it because I just, I I love sharing. And and if I have to share myself in order to help someone else, then that's what I'll do. So how do I find time? I don't know. 
Um, I think God had a plan for me and we figured it out. And so I'll do what I have to do. Luckily, my kids are older. So my 20 year old son doesn't need me as much. But um, I do have dogs and I just I just figure it out. I don't I can't explain it. God, God figured it out for me. <laughs> so you didn't you didn't mention dogs in your in your bio. So that's even more work right there. I understand oh, that one. You don't want to know how many dogs I have. <laughs> I have four. So okay, I have five. See, all right, we're close. Okay. <laughs> And mine range in size from 90 to, I'd say, 105 pounds down to 35 pounds. Okay, mine range from 5 pounds to 35 pounds. Oh, these are all tiny. Yeah, so they bite. They bark a lot. Good. <laughs> oh, my God, they do. I have one that's right here that I'm like, don't make any noise. <laughs> I can't have any in here in the room. So they'll jump up, try to get on camera, or they'll bark at me the whole time. So I'd love to <laughs> that. <laughs> so that's another thing that, that we connect on there. So it's awesome right there. <laughs> So how have you tackled, I mean, we all get diagnosed with a little something, something from being in combat and stuff, PTSD or depression or anxiety. How have you combated that as part of your transition out? I mean, 17 years and then you had to come out and find out what to do with your hands basically after that. And how did you combat the mental part of it as along with getting everything else uh, straight lined for life? Well, it, it took me a couple of years. It really did because one, I didn't realize it. And then I started to see the, started to peel back the onion and realize that there were so many signs that I ignored because I thought I don't need help. I've got this on my own. Even though people was told me that you probably need to talk to somebody. I'm like, no, I don't. I'm fine. Um, yeah, I was so offended. And, um, but over the years having conversations with my family, I was like, oh my God, I, I need to really stop being can I curse on this can I curse okay I need to really stop being a bitch like seriously I really was I was terrible and I had to look within myself to figure that part out and to realize that if I'm gonna be a role model for other people or to show my kids that it's okay to not be okay and that it's okay to use your voice I needed to fix myself and it wasn't easy it really really wasn't but I think while writing my book and podcasting and sharing my story on the web, on my blog, that's when I started to realize I went through some serious shit and I need to, I need to figure out how to do it or I'm not, I'm not going to make it because those suicide uh, um, attempts and thoughts and all that, they really cloud you. You know, you're in this dark space where nothing anybody says is going to make a difference. And I realized that it was okay to tell people, yeah, I'm on Prozac. Look, there's nothing wrong with that. Okay. Like if you need it, you take it. And I've been on it for years. Um, But I also can see the signs of when I'm going to start spiraling and I, I take a break and I'm like, okay, this is, I I need to just be by myself. I need to go do something else and, and figure it out. And it, that's very hard, but it, it did. It took me years to figure all that stuff out. It definitely does. And uh, I know me as well. I came back in uh, 2011 from a very rough deployment, 2011 in Afghanistan. And I knew something was wrong with me finally. And my wife has been telling me since my first deployment to Iraq in 304 that something was wrong with me. And I said, no, nah, it's not me. It's you. So right? told, not me. What are you talking about? I'm, I'm good. I'm doing my job. I do my job every day. And that's what I was doing. I was doing my job every day. And that was keeping me focused. But when I I lost my first soldier in uh, 2000, December 31st, 2010. And that, I think, flipped the switch to say, hey, 
you're not okay. You're taking care of everyone else, but you're not taking care of you. So we came back home. We did that uh, SRP thing, the reverse SRP thing, come home, reintegration. And I said, I need to see somebody. And they looked at me and they said, you're a sergeant first class. Let's go back to work. I said, well, that's that's not the answer <laughs> I can go home with right now. But I said, okay, I'll go back to work. And I didn't get help until after I retired in 2015. And uh, thankfully, I went to a civilian doctor and he, he helped me out and put me on the right path. And uh, I'm thankful for him. Dr. King Counts really helped me out and pushed me in the right direction and cleared my head of all the demons and stuff. Oh, my God. I... I just have to say, I am so proud of you for at least saying something because many of us check that box that say, no, we're good. Right. And you did it. And I hate that you went through and that's the problem that we have. But I'm also glad that you found your, your person that was able to help you because yeah, that's so important. And something I learned also is that not every doctor is good for everybody. So yes, you're so right. Okay help me might not be able to help you because you won't connect you have to have a connection and that's for everything in life you have to have a connection with somebody in order to have a purposeful conversation or a purposeful meeting with them if you don't have that it's going to be blah, 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 blah. okay good great wonderful i'm gonna i guess go home and watch tv again and drink because you need to do nothing for me yeah and, and you're right and we have to be able to to know that it's okay if you don't have that connection i didn't have a connection with this one particular therapist and i quit going which right. wasn't the right answer, but I was so frustrated because I was like, I keep repeating myself and she keeps giving me these, the only way she knew how to treat me and it just wasn't working, but I didn't know how to say, okay, let me try somebody else. I was like, I'm done. And I quit. So I just, it, it's okay. If you don't, if they're not right for you, go find somebody who will, don't just give up. Right. My first, my first trip with the VA uh, did not turn out well either with the VA mental health. I went in there and you know, they used to have the kiosk you can check in on before COVID. So I checked in on that and I wanted to make sure it actually checked in. So I just went into the office and leaned my head in say, am I checked in? And a woman outside with her, I guess she was a caregiver or whatever. She told me I was privileged. What do I think I'm privileged to do this? And, and that just made me snap. I went kind of crazy on her up there and they escorted me out of the doctor came out, escorted me out of the VA. He said, you're good. You're going to go to civilian care. I said, what? Don't come back here. Said, right. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I said, thank you so much. Oh my gosh. Okay. So that was my VA uh, mental health experience. And uh, today, actually, after a year of asking for something, just, I just wanted to talk to someone for the last year and they basically blew me off for a year. Then I went for my appointment the other day for my annual. I said, are you going to blow me off again when I ask you this again? And all of a sudden today, okay, come in. We'll do the warm handoff. I did a warm handoff with the doc, the nurse, and oh, we don't have anybody here. So why am I here today? Why am I here? <laughs> yeah. And that's what our brothers and sisters go through every day. I, I know I see it. I've witnessed it. So I'm a case study, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, and it's unacceptable. That's why there's so many nonprofits out there that are trying to provide the services, but not everybody knows about them. So it's it's hard. It's just like where we need to have one centralized location where they're able to look up who they can speak to and not have to like fight and and worry about being seen. It's it's ridiculous. Exactly. And let's twist it from uh, the mental health world there to get a little chippier. <laughs> <laughs> 
what do you how where do you volunteer? I mean, I know you have a lot of things going on. Then you volunteer. <laughs> hopefully, it's not at a pet shelter and bring more dogs home. But <laughs> <We> go, like, <laughs> I'm not allowed to do that. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I volunteer with TAPS, the Tragedy Assistant Program for Survivors, and I worked with children, and that was the most humbling experience of my life. Um, and I haven't been back just because of PCSing and all that, but I did that in DC, and it was just amazing. Uh, let's see. I can't even think of the top. I'm a mentor for different organizations. I just, I just love giving back anywhere that I am needed or that I fit into. I will do it. I don't know. I just have to do it all. I want to save the world. (laughs) Somebody told me I couldn't and I'm going to try. So challenge accepted. Exactly. Don't tell me. No, everybody knows that. (laughs) Told you not to volunteer at a pet shelter, so you're doing well there. <laughs> well, that I know I can't go to. So <laughs> just volunteering, I brought five more home. <laughs> I know. I'm just gonna buy a bigger house. I'm just kidding. No, I'm not. I'll just live outside the tent. They can have the house. I know, right? <laughs> Don't even start. <laughs> so when you started uh, the business side of your life, uh, how hard was that to get that entrepreneurial skills going and build your business to where it is now? it was there was moments that were difficult because I had to try to get into that space and then you fall into imposter syndrome and then you you speak to sometimes you speak to the wrong people who tell you you can't do it or if you don't make money then it's not a real thing and so I had to decide what is more important for me is it making the money or is it helping people and at that time it was helping people because I it, it wasn't about that. I don't, I didn't want to have to bring somebody in and say, I can't help you unless you pay me. So that's how I started. It, it all has to do with the mindset. How do you want to do it? And so that's what I had to figure out is what was my end goal? What did I really want to do? And so after a few years and after realizing, you know, I'm just going to stay with my circle. I found my circle of people that I trust and that give me the good, honest advice and not some BS answer then I realized, okay, this is what I want to do. Um, I didn't have a business plan. I just said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. And I, I stuck with it because I wanted to reach people in those different, different areas. Some people read, some people listen to the radio, some people, you know what I mean? Like you have to just grab where are those people at and how can I connect with them? And so that's, that's what I did. Awesome. You <laughs> another wall right there. You took that challenge. You made the challenge yourself and took it on and it's the challenge accepted to myself. And I did it. <laughs> I'm, that's just, I'm just crazy like that. <laughs> so it, it took me two, two plus years to actually turn this into a business, the podcast is so I can uh, start, I guess, helping my family to, by not paying extra taxes, I guess, but <laughs> so. no, and you're, and you're right. So people ask me about the podcasting. How do you make money? I want to make six figures. And I'm like, look, there's, there are so many different ways to make money through podcasting and it sponsorships or whatever the case is. And I think it's, it's important that you have that passion for it. You're not just doing it just to make the money. Like I know, and I don't even know you, but I see that you want to help people. And you are here to share people's stories in, in order to save lives. And that's what you have to make sure you tell people without being salesy. I, I have this passion to do this. And I also need to like, make a little money looking for sponsorships, looking for ads, whatever the case is. There's so many different ways. But I think that's the, the most important thing is having that passion. Otherwise, it's just 
another job and why do people want to help you out if it's just another job right all i do is get up in the morning and do this okay (laughs) (laughs) i'm just going through these motions every day i mean i enjoy this i've 255 released episodes plus all my lives now doing the live shows are fun because you it's like you can't cut anything out it's there it's yeah there it's-, <laughs> it's either you or no so <laughs> people either love me or hate me at, at the end of the show so it, it's great <laughs> and like you said earlier people can call in if they do call in we can chat with them on here they can they can ask questions or if they get in a chat room they can talk there too so that's a great part of this here being live and getting instant feedback, I think helps out too. And sometimes you get it, sometimes you don't, but even if we don't, if one person's watching and they get something out of what me and you were talking about, our struggles, our journey, that means we've reached one person and that one person is safe today. Exactly. That's exactly it. And I think that's a plus for all of us. All right. So now we'll transition to your book. (laughs) (laughs) The wall between two lives. Do you have a copy there you can hold up or no? Uh, I do. It's behind me. It's it's, it's right there. Oh, I see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us a little bit about that. Oh, that was so. That was a tough one. Um, I, it talks about. It starts with my childhood trauma, and I had to unfold that and dig into that, and and some of the MST that I went through right before I joined the military, <laughs> my experiences with a soldier and a senior NCO that I thought I trusted. And then uh, just just life, you know, um, how I grew up and how I how there were all those signs and how I didn't see it until afterwards. But just to bring hope, I wanted to bring hope to others that, yes, we all have some kind of shit that we go through in life. But at the end of it, how do we find purpose? How do we find our identity? And how do we how can we make our, our mess into our message and, and share that with the world? So. That's why I did it. I did have to talk to my family and I was like, hey, I'm going to put you in here. Is that okay? So I wanted to be respectful as well. Right. So, but yeah, I was, I even uh, narrated it myself. So I have an audio book as well. Nice. Yeah. I hired someone to narrate my first book. So. That's cool. <laughs> I negotiated with them and they have a much better voice for reading a book, I guess, than I would have. <laughs> I would just laugh while I'm reading my own books. So. <laughs> I mean that's awesome that you narrate it yourself so they get to know you a little a little better and they get closer to you as the human and the author at the same time. Yeah, it was it, it was uh, an experience. <laughs> I'm sure, it sold everywhere. Is it Amazon or just everywhere in the world? Yeah, no, it's everywhere. Yep. I see that. So you're you're global. See? I am. I am global. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess the the podcast you said you took a hiatus from it for a little while. The truths we hide. Mm-hmm. Are you back to it now or how's that going? Yes, I'm going to jump back into it next month. Um, I have about 144 episodes. Nice. And uh, it's three years. I'm going into season four. So, yeah, it's um, I do love it. Like you, I, I, I transitioned from just audio to lives because, well, I do my own editing. So lives it is. And, and I love seeing the person too, rather than on the phone, you know, or through zoom. I, I just, I just love doing it live. So, but yes, we talk about everything. I mean, it's not just military affiliated. It's any person. I mean, we've had people from sex, sex trafficking to uh, almost anything you can imagine that are just 
these stories are so profound. They're so heartbreaking and heartwarming just to see how they came out of it. It's, it's incredible. It, it really is. Yeah. I, I, like you said, uh, when I transitioned to video is probably at the beginning of my second year by the recommendation of a guest. And he's like, Hey man, just go, go to video. You'll like it so much better. So you got to start your own YouTube channel. I was like, all right, I'll do that too, I guess. So now all these different things I have to do. So I started that and I got, I think I got addicted to the video side of it a little more because I was recording in my Jeep while driving, recording people on anchor. That's, yep. not, that's not personal at all. I mean, I mean, you got the noise of the Jeep in the background. You got me, so I have to pull over and hopefully I keep signal. And that's how I started though. It was mostly in my Jeep. And now I think six microphones later, I found something I like and clear. <laughs> And StreamYard really helps me out as well. Yes. No, I get it. I had people calling me in from their car phones too. And we would cut out on signal like six times. I'm like, I have to edit all of this. <laughs> right down the minute it went off. Damn, 38.2. Okay, exactly. <laughs> no more. <laughs> please stop, please. <laughs> awesome. I thought someone gave me a comment, but there's someone, uh, I guess trying to promote me that's good <laughs> so anything you can get any hints or tips you can give people that want to start a business for one and two to tackle the demons that would be great tip hints and tips and tricks that you use to help maybe help someone out there that's listening the things that i did was whatever i wanted <laughs> um i i like to share to do what sets your soul on fire. Like literally, don't worry about all the little nuances. If that's what you want to do, find the people who can help you get there. Don't let the negativity get into your mind because then you're going to get off track and you're going to be like, I can't do it. It's too scary. It's just, yes, you can. You just got to figure out what fuels you. And like, I'm just going to give an example because it was completely off my path. I, I did music school. I went to music school for six months and people were like, what are you doing? I'm like, look, there's a method to my madness. I'm going to figure it out and we're going to do healing through music. And so now I'm a songwriter and that's what I do. And it all circles back to mental health. So it's okay if I'm like, Shh, but it, there's one, one focus and I'm going to make it work somehow. So I'm doing that. And so people might think you're crazy or whatever, but if that's what fuels you, do it. As far as what happens when you start spiraling, <clears throat> go back to your people. Go back to your people. I'm always available. I've had people reach out to me through Instagram, through my website, anonymously, not anonymous, anonymously, <laughs> that just want to be heard. And I, I do that. And I don't mind it because I, if I could save you, then I will. Um, I know that you're there for them. I just, it, my biggest flaw, my biggest fear, I always thought I could handle it myself. I know I can't. I know I can't. So I have that friend that I could call in the middle of the night. Um, the crisis text line. Now that they have that, that's amazing. Um, better help, better help therapy. My daughter used it. Um, there's nonprofits out there that, that want to help you all these, there's so many resources that are there for you for that reason. And so don't be afraid. Like this is, I'm in a judgment free zone. I know you are. So I just encourage you to, if you're feeling like that, don't be afraid to just send a text or call or a message, whatever, because we're here and we need to, we're stronger together, right? We need to be there to help other people. So just, 
I could talk about this all day. Just, just reach out. I promise you it's, you won't be judged no matter what it is. Definitely. If you, if you have those feelings, say something because a lot of us are like the great Kreskin. We're not mind readers. I don't know what's going on inside your nugget. So if something's going on in your nugget, Hey, tell me, let me know. And I'm not going to hang up on you. I'll talk to you and I'm here for you. And that's what we'll do. And uh, just like you said, uh, anytime someone reaches out, I'm not going to hang up. I'm going to get you on the phone. And if I'm on the phone with you and I know something's really bad going on, I'll probably be texting someone else to get you to your house and help you out. Exactly. There's, it's incredible what type of family we have when someone's in, in crisis like that. I've been in email chains, Facebook chains, Facebook comments, just like someone says, I'm done. We are all there ready to help you. So don't be afraid. Definitely. Annette, uh, now that I made you get choked up a little bit there, but (laughs) how does someone get in contact with you? Maybe to have you on their show or, or hire you for one of the many things you do. <laughs> Give you another task. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, you can find me at a wildridecalllife.com or you can actually text me at 573-326-9448. I hope you guys wrote that down because uh, I was not. I was listening. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> so just going across the bottom. And uh, that's uh, the first spot she said, so I have that for you. <laughs> but the number in the show notes for everyone to, to have as well. Annette, thank you so much for agreeing to do this on short notice uh, just a few days ago. It was great. Uh, if you need anything in the future, you know where I am. Chem dogs stay together. Same, 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 same. Thank you so much. You're my new friend. So I appreciate you. Awesome. Have a good night. You too. checking us out and being a part of the misfit nation don't forget to visit our website at the misfitnation.com it's the misfitnation.com to catch up on all of our episodes and also to get some of that great misfit nation gear as always be humble stay hungry and keep hustling because we are 